theyeshiva.net. Hechel Menachem presents a tale of two souls, an ongoing lecture series on the Tanya by Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson. This is the third tape in the series entitled Discovering Your Personal Path to God, recorded live at Hechel Menachem, Brooklyn, New York. Today we will study the introduction which the Alter Rebbe, Reb Shneir Zalman of Liadi wrote to the Tanya. It's to be found on page 6, or Dav Gimel Amid Beis. In this foreword to his Tanya, the Altarebbe addresses the very sensitive issue of individualism in Yiddishkeit. For with the Tanya, the Altarebbe was attempting to address the Jew first and foremost as an individual, not as a religious prop, nor as an obedient object, not as a robotic conformist, not even as part of a large collective community, but rather as an individual, an individual with distinct fears, weaknesses, Dilemmas, struggles, an individual with his or her particular background, affiliation, experiences, failures. It is this man whom the Altarebbe desires to communicate with. It is this individualism which he cherishes so deeply and he wishes to bond with. But can this be done in a book? Does this not need a personal relationship between a master and pupil, between a Rebbe and a Chassid? Can a written document, as great and extraordinary as it may be, compare with the individual intimate relationship and bond between a Rebbe and a Chassid? It's this question that the Alter Rebbe is coming to address in his Agdama, in his foreword to the Tanya. Let's learn the text inside. Hagdama Samalakit. This is on page Dav Gimel Amid Beis, or page 6 in English. Hagdama Samalakit, compiler's foreword. Vihi yigeres hashlucha liklolos anshei shlemenu yivarchem tzurenu this is a letter the Alter Rebbe says sent to all of Anash. Anash is an acronym for Anshe Shleimenu, members of our fellowship, which means the Hasidim. May Hashem, our stronghold, bless and guard them. Aleichem Ishimekra, says the Alter Rebbe. To you, men, do I call. Shimu Elai Reit Feitzadek Mevakshe Hashem. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who see God. And may the Almighty listen to you, both great in spiritual stature and small. All of Anash, all of the Hasidim in our land and in nearby countries, 
V'chayim ad ha'olam netzach selavad. May each in his own place achieve peace and eternal life. Amen. Kain yihiratzen. Amen. May this be his will. Hinei. May da azais kimar galibipumid inchi. B'chalanash lemoy. It is well known that all of Anash, all of our fellowship, all of the Hasidim are wont to say, Ki divrei That hearing words of moral guidance from a teacher addressing his student individually and directly is not the same as seeing and reading such guidance in books which are impersonal, and address the reading audience at large. The spoken word of the master to his pupil in an individual and direct manner will have far greater, deeper, and more real effect than the written words. So, you cannot compare the Shmi'ah of Divrei Musa, that personal, intimate relationship which comes about through hearing direct words of guidance and inspiration, that cannot compare. It is far and beyond the Iyo Kriya B'Isvanim, the effect that's achieved through reading the same message in a book. This is for two reasons. The first is, For the reader will read it after his own manner and after his own das, his own mind. And will absorb the written message according to his mental grasp and comprehension at that particular time. Hence, if his intellect and mind are confused, and wander about in darkness, in ideas pertaining to the service of Hashem, he will find it difficult to see the beneficial light hidden in the books. Although this light be pleasant to the eyes and therapeutic for the soul, the writer of a book can never dictate how the reader will absorb his written message. Every man reads a sefer lefidarke vidaiti, according to his spiritual, psychological, and emotional personality. A book is never the same for two people. Two persons can read the identical words, and each one will be affected in a different manner. Every reader has his own baggage, his distinct perception of things, his individual feelings about life. And he reads it thus, In addition, the reader grasps the book's message via his personal intellectual capacity. Hence, even if a book contains the spiritual light that can bring healing to this person's soul, if the reader, who is affected by his subjective condition, is not in the state to understand and get touched by the message, there is little use to it. The message of the book might be very valid. But the reader is not in a state where he is capable 
of comprehending, internalizing, and integrating this message. He just doesn't get it. In contrast, when a man receives spiritual counseling from his Rebbe, this impediment does not exist because the Rebbe, who knows his pupil intimately, addresses the, the individual in accordance with his present situation and condition. That is the first problem that exists in spiritual guidance which one receives through reading a Sefer. Aside from this aforementioned possibility that the reader's intellectual and emotional shortcomings may prevent him from perceiving the light concealed in the Svarim, there is yet another difficulty. Even if the individual is in a state of readiness to hear and absorb the message of the Sefer, there nonetheless may exist another obstacle as a result of the very nature of a written book where the message therein may not be relevant to this particular soul. And al Rebbe begins explaining, elaborating this point. Hinei sifrei hayira. Those books on piety, founded, based on human intelligence, surely are not relevant to every soul. For not all intellects and minds are alike. And the intellect of one man is not affected and aroused by that which affects and arouses the intellect of another man. Therefore, a Sefer which is founded on human intelligence, on the understanding of the author, may be a wonderful book. It may be an amazing piece of literature. It may be an extraordinary Sefer. But it does not necessarily, but it does not necessarily talk to other types of souls whose minds and hearts are different. The message that this author is espousing, which comes as an outgrowth of his particular individual persona, is not always the message which is relevant to my personal life, to my individual dilemmas, angsts, struggles, and so forth. How often do we see that what is written in a book can bring one man to a state of ecstasy, the very same idea not evoking any response in the other reader's heart. Not because he did not grasp it, not because he did not understand it, he did. It's just that this particular message does not provide meaning for him. And Valtarebbe continues, as our sages have said, in reference to the blessing of Chacham Arazim, of he who is wise in secrets, witnessing a gathering of 600,000 Jews, that their minds are all different from one another. Chazal, Tell us that there is a chiv, there is an obligation to make a bracha birchas chacham harazim upon witnessing 
600,000 Jews assembled together. The content of this brach is we praise Hashem's omniscience in knowing the secrets of them all. Chacham Harazim, he is the Chacham. He is the entity, he is a being who is wise in Razim and secrets because he knows the mindset, the thoughts, the opinions of each one of these 600,000 individuals. Why 600,000? So the Chachamim explained, the Gemara explains, because their minds, their thoughts, opinions, and feelings are not alike. 600,000 Jews means 600,000 attitudes, perspectives, opinions. If they say the anecdote that three Jews is already automatically 19 opinions, you can imagine how many opinions are contained in the minds of 600,000 Jews together. So, and nevertheless, Hashem is the Chacham HaRazim, that omniscient being who encompasses and relates to every single thought of every individual. From this, Dalti Rebbe says, we understand also concerning our issue. A book authored on the basis of human finite intellect, coming from one person's understanding of things, can by definition not tailor itself to 600,000 souls. It can maybe be relevant to a part of the community in a specific time and at a particular place. And as the Ramban of blessed memory explains in his Mulchamais over there, elaborating on the comment of Sifri, on the verse describing Yeshua as a man in whom there is spirit, that he was able to meet the spirit of every man. You're asking what is Mulchamis? Just one moment. I'll explain in a moment. The Gemara in Brachis over there, Daphnon Ches, describes as mentioned the halacha, that when we witness the gathering of 600,000 Jews, we are obligated to make the Bracha Chacham HaRazim. And the Gemara relates a story. That Rabbi Hanina, the son of Rabbi Ika, recited this blessing of Chacham HaRazim when he met Rev Papa and Rev Huna, the son of Rabbi Yeshua. He met two Jews, Rev Papa and Rev Huna. But nevertheless, he considered them such extraordinary men of such great spiritual stature that they were equal in his eyes to an assembly of 600,000 Jews. And he made this bracha Chacham HaRazim when he met these Jews because of what's going on in their mind, which is comparable to what's going on in the minds of 600,000 individuals. The Ramban has a commentary on the Rif, on the Pirush, on the code of Rabbi Yitzchak Alphas, which is known as the Mulchamis, Mulchamis Hashem. And over there the Ramban explains the meaning of this story. He explains the reason that Reb Hanina found it right and justified to make this bracha upon meeting two Jews. And he explains it based on the idea which the Sifri tells us in Parshish Pinchas. In Parshish Pinchas, Perich of Zion, Pasuk Yitchaz, Moshe Rabbeinu, who knows that soon he's going to pass on to the next world, requests 
that Hashem should appoint a leader over the Jewish nation, Ish Asheruach Boy, a man in whom there is spirit. What does it mean, a man in whom there is spirit? So the Sifri explains it thus, Appoint a leader who is able to meet the spirit of every man. A person who can direct himself to every individual. He can understand every individual, relate to him, grasp his particular character and perspective. This is the true definition of a manig Yisrael. A man whose soul can relate to, identify with, and experience the individual soul of every single Jew. So, when Reb Chanina saw Reb Huna and Reb Papa, he made the Chacham Harazim because he believed and he perceived them as men who, inc- who personified this ideal of Isha Sheruach Boy. People who experienced within their soul 600,000 Jews like Moshe requested. And therefore on this person you can make because his soul is yes, bound up, is deeply connected and linked with 600,000 Jews with the entire Jewish community. The Ramban says that the halach is not so. The halach is that you have to make this bracha only when there are physically 600,000 Jews. But nevertheless he explains this idea. Can this happen through a book, Alter Rebbe is saying? Can this experience of happen through a safer? The same suit can never suit 600,000 people. It can fit a certain amount of men. But for the others, it's either too small or too large. A book, it would seem, can never serve as the tool and instrument with which every man can communicate in an intimate, sensitive, and personal way. Because what I have to hear is not necessarily what you have to hear. I am a different person than you are. I have my own baggage. I have my own problems, my own struggles. In contrast, however, when the Rebbe guides his chassid personally, this boundary, this obstacle is eliminated. Because the Rebbe, who knows his chassid intimately and closely places himself in the shoes of his chassid, tells him what is relevant to his soul, to his consciousness, to his state of mind and heart, and in accordance with with what he can grasp and understand. Now the Alter Rebbe continues. This limit, created as a result of human otherness, exists not only in human books, but furthermore, even those works of Musa, of spiritual ethics, whose foundation is in the peaks of holiness, meaning that they are founded on Medrash Chazal, on the Midrashim of our sages, in whom the spirit of Hashem speaks, and His word is on their tongue, and being that they are an expression of divine versus human energy, they indeed suit and relate to every single human soul, and He continues and adds, and Torah and the Holy One, blessed be He, are one. 
The Zayar tells us in volume 1, page Daf Chavdalid, as well as in volume 2, Daf Samach, that Torah and Hashem are one. The Zayar even uses the expression that Torah ikri kuchibrichu. Torah can be deemed kuchibrichu. It can be termed Hashem because Ayraisa and Kodesh Baruch are one. And all the 600,000 general souls of Israel. And the individual souls that are their offshoots. For as the Alter Rebbe will explain later in chapter 37, 600,000 is the number of Jews that left Egypt as we know. And this is the number of the general collective souls of Klal Yisrael, of Israel. Each one of them includes myriads of branches, offshoots, and offspring. So all these souls, the 600,000 collective souls, and all of their branches and offshoots, pratim, uprati, pratim, ad nitzutz kal shebekala, upchusei ha'erech shebameinu b'nei Yisrael, down to even the soul spark residing within the most worthless and least estimable members of our people, the children of Israel. So every single soul, every single spark, even that spark, which exists in the most lowly Jew, nevertheless, every spark, all, all the souls of every Jew, without exception, are all bound up with the Torah. And the Torah is that which binds them to Hashem, as is known in the Holy Zayah. The Zayah, in volume 3, Dafayin Gimel Be'amid Bey, says that there are three realities which are bound up with each other. Hashem, Torah, and the Jew. The Torah is the medium, the instrument, through which the soul of every Jew without exception connects with Hashem. So the Alter Rebbe is saying this. Mela, when you're talking about books of spirituality, of religious ethics that are based on the human perception, the human mind, we understand that since they're written by an individual person who is different than you, the reader, who is different than me, the reader. So, it cannot contain the message which is relevant to every individual in every time and place. But over here in this case, when we're dealing with words, ideas, insights of Torah, these words and ideas are not nearly an expression of the individualistic character of the author but rather words that flow from the collective source, from the divine fountainhead, from which all souls flow, and in which all souls are bound up together. Hence, a sefer of Tena would be applicable to every single soul which is connected and is rooted in the Tena. Nevertheless, the Alter Rebbe says, the above-mentioned limit still exists, because this is said in a general way for the Jewish people as a whole. The entire body of the Jewish people is connected in a general way to the entire Torah. 
Although it is true that the Torah lends itself to interpretation in a general way and also in an individual way and prate pratus in a very personal individual manner. To apply itself to each individual soul in Israel, which is rooted in her, which is rooted in the Torah. The Torah addresses each Jew, the Alter Rebbe is saying, in the most intimate and personal way, for every Jew's soul is rooted in Torah. Thus the Torah contains the light and energy to heal his soul with everything that is contained within that soul, with all of its angst, with all of its personal dilemmas, trials and tribulations, ups and downs. Nevertheless, not every man is privileged to recognize his specific place in the Torah, so that he may know how to derive specific guidance from it. Essentially, the Torah talks to every individual in every circumstance, experience, time and place. The Torah contains the light, the healing energy for every particular soul and everything that is relevant to that soul. But not every man is privileged to read the Torah in this fashion. Not every man merits to recognize Torah in a personal way. There is an interesting interpretation on the prayer we say at the conclusion of the Amidah, V'sein Chalkeinu B'Sayrasacha, grant us our lot in the Torah, that, that this is essentially a request that we should find our part in the Torah, our Chalik in the Torah, find in Torah insights and direction for our personal lives, for our personal struggles and letdowns and so forth. Yeah. So what's his conclusion? Okay, this is his conclusion. It's obvious that the book contains this inherent limit that it's not applicable to every single person as an individual. The message might not be relevant to everyone. But the Chiddush is furthermore. Even Sifrei Hayira Shayisay Doisam Baharadei Kaidish, even Taita Svarim and Taita Svarim are part of Taita which is one with Hashem and are connected to the divine collective fountainhead, which, which binds all souls together, which is ultimately connected to every single soul with all its nuances, with all its details, with all its perplexities and with all its complexities. That's true, the Alter Rebbe says. And therefore in Torah, everything is, everything is in Torah. But not every person has that ability and has that privilege and schus to recognize his personal place in Torah. To see in Torah that intimate guide and instruction for his problem today. And what is perplexing him at this moment and at this, and his, in, his, in the, his present situation and condition in life. And now, the Alter Rebbe will continue to drive even further home this point of the unique individualism that characterizes every man's spiritual quest. 
av bil chilchos iser veheter. Hanigleis lano levaneinu. Now, even in the Torah laws, governing governing things forbidden and permissible, which have been revealed to us and to our children equally. Even in these laws, we witness arguments from one extreme to the other extreme between Tanoim and Amirayim. With one Tana, for instance, declaring perfectly permissible that which another Tana rules absolutely forbidden. Not only in soul issues, which are so much more subtle, ambiguous, complex, and nuanced. Are there so many different approaches and perspectives? But even in those aspects of halacha, which deal with things that can be clearly defined, measured in a very concrete manner. Even in these issues, we nonetheless observe powerful arguments Concerning these very topics. Yet, as the Gemara says, these as well as the, these words as well as these words are the words of the living God. The Gemara in Erevin, Dafyad Gimelamid Beis, describes how Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, the school of Hillel and Shammai were arguing for three years. Who is correct? Basil and Bashamah were very often arguing in many issues of halacha. And for three years was the question, who is correct? Who is Emes? Is Basil Emes? Or is Bishamah true? And finally a voice came, a voice came out from heaven. Yatsa Baskil Minashamayim that Eiluva Eilu Divrielikim Chayim. These and these. The words of Bishil and the words of Bishamai, albeit that they are absolutely a hepech, one from another. Bishil says that something is absolutely permitted, and Bishamai says that this very thing is absolutely forbidden. Nevertheless, Elu Vailu, Divri Alakim Chaim, both the words of the living God. And Al-Tareb explains what this means. Lashin Rabim. It's interesting that in this phrase, Elekim Chayim appears in the plural form. We don't say Elekim Chay. Chay is alive in the singular form. Chayim is life in the plural form. So when you say these words and these words are both the words of the living God, apparently we should say Elekim Chay. We say no, Elekim Chayim. The living God, the living in the plural form. What is the reason for this, using this term? Because Al Shemaker HaChayim L'Neshama Yisrael. Because the diversity of opinions in halacha stems from plurality in the source of life of the souls of Israel. That is why our sages use the term Elu ve'elu divri lekim chayim because the diversity in halacha, the diversity between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, for instance, and all other diversities in halacha are justifiable within the divine flow of energy to the souls of Israel. Because this flow is not one, is not singular. This energy is compartmentalized in accordance with the various souls of Israel. 
for generally, in general categories, that in generally speaking, the souls are divided into three general lines, categories. Yemin usmail v'emtza. Left, center, sorry, yemin right, smile left, and emtza center. Shehem chesed u'gvuru Representing kindness, chesed, which is connected to the right side. Severity, strength, gvura, which is connected to the left side. And tiferes, beauty, integration, which is connected to the emtza, to the center. Now, those souls which are rooted in the attribute of chesed, of kindness, they tend to be lenient in their halachic decisions, being inclined towards kindness as is known. Since these neshamais are rooted in the spiritual energy, which is chesed. Therefore, these neshamis tend to be lenient in their halachic decisions. Because chesed dictates, for example, that this object should be declared permissible, and thus capable of being sanctified, if used for transcendental purposes. On the other hand, a soul that embodies the attribute of severity, this will cause that this soul should be, should gravitate more towards a stringent point of view in halachic decisions, as well as a soul which personifies the energy of Tiferes, of beauty of integration, would be somewhat mediating between the other two extremes. And this is why our sages use the term, Elu ve'elu divri'elakim chayim. These, and these are both words of the living God, because in the divine flow there are all these aspects. There is a diversity in the divine flow. There is a compartmentalization in the divine flow. Each soul embodies primarily one type of energy. Hence making halachic decisions of a particular orientation. And this is also the meaning. What does it mean? If Bishamah says one thing, Bishillah says the exact opposite. How are they both alakim chayim? Because in the divine flow which comes, which Hashem emanates from Himself, there are different faculties and attributes. There is divine chesed and there is divine gvura. And both are true. In the world of chesed, chesed is true. In the world of gvura, gvura is true. And the souls of Israel are diverse. Each soul personifying, embodying a distinct energy because it's connected to one part, one dimension of the divine flow. And therefore we emphasize here that Alekim Chayim, because what justifies the diversity of halacha, what makes every opinion ultimately true, and godly, divine emes, is because alakim chayim, because the makir chayim, the divine flow, which gives vitality and energy to the souls of Israel, is divided into distinct attributes and faculties. The bottom line is, that even issues, in which rational equations, apply in a very powerful way, even in these issues, it seems, that each man's distinct soul, causes him to profess an opinion in total extreme to his fellow. One man sees the rationale dictating one rule of behavior, while the other man sees the rationale to take on an opposite approach. Surely how much more so 
This is true in those matters that are hidden to God Almighty. The inun the chilur rechimu. The bemaichavaliba the chal chad vechad lefum shiurah delay. Namely, we are talking about one's personal feelings of awe and the love of Hashem that exist in the mind and the heart of each person according to his own measure, according to his own shiur. According to his own heart's estimation. As the Zayar explains and comments on the verse in Mishlei, Perik Lamed Aleph, her husband is known by the gates. The Zayar interprets the husband of this verse as a reference to Hashem, who is metaphorically speaking the husband of the community of Israel. And Shleima HaMalach is saying in Mishlei, Her husband is known by the gates. What does that mean? That we know, we attach ourselves to our husband, to Hashem by the Sha'arim which the Zayan interprets in the sense of shiur. Sha'arim means gates. It also is derived from the word shiurim, which means measures. In other words, Hashem is known and experienced by every man according to his or her own measure, according to his or her personal shiur. The personal connection and path of man to Hashem is exclusively his. of the Hasidic masters gave a very interesting interpretation to the Pasuk in Tehillim, Kuflam Hey, where David HaMalach says, Ani yadati ki Hashem. I have known, I have come to realize that Hashem is great. He says what has to be emphasized is mainly the words Ani yadati. I have come to know, to realize. Not so much the conclusion of the verse. I have come to realize that Hashem is great. A large emphasis has to be put on the first words. I know how Hashem is great. I know the truth and the greatness of Hashem. Only I can know what God means for me. No one else can know that. Not because I'm greater or I'm smaller. But because I am who I am. I am different. I have my distinct personality, background, type of education. I have my distinct features and faculties in many different areas. Since I am a distinct individual, this thing, this recognition and realization of what Hashem is, of what God is, only only I can know. There are certain objective, revealed things that one person can transfer to another person. We can debate them, we can discuss them, we can analyze them, even with others who think differently. But this individual feeling in man's heart, how he relates, how he experiences God, how he experiences the spiritual transcendental reality, this you cannot transfer to another individual. This is distinct. It's exclusively yours. If my God and yours is the same, then obviously my soul does not have a personal relationship with Hashem. If it would be personal, there would be something unique and distinct about it. As a result of all of this, the Altarebbe is saying, 
it would seem that by no means can a book do justice to man's individual spiritual growth. Even if the book is a Torah, even if the book is Divrei Alekim Chayim, contains the words of the living God, of the creator of every soul, it cannot address itself to the individual on an individual level. Not because the Sefer is not Torah. Even if the author is connected to Torah, even if those words are Torah words, nevertheless he expresses them according to his own particular path. It's not only legitimate what he's doing, it is necessary that a person should create, should imagine, should understand, should dictate even halachic rulings according to the distinct persona of his soul. And therefore every person who writes a book expresses to a significant degree his own personal individualism, his own psyche, his own soul. And for other people, it remains a closed book. Not because they can't understand what it says, but because essentially you're dealing with things that cannot be generalized, that cannot be all-encompassing. This experience is so individual. It's so distinct for every human being. You cannot make generalizations and include everyone with it. You're dealing with every person's spiritual path to God. And therefore... It would seem that a book by no means can address this need. For this, the Altered Rebbe says, one needs a teacher, a guide, an instructor, an instructor, a Rebbe, who can inspire, touch and guide his pupil based on who he is, based on this individual, with all his letdowns, with all his baggages, with all the ugly and beautiful things that are occurring in his life, but that are not occurring in anyone else's life. Hence, in summation, the Alter Rebbe is conveying his powerful reluctance in writing a book, a sefer of this nature, in writing a sefer of Shalbanim, which would attempt to address man's particular verse, which he and only he can contribute to the powerful play called life. But nonetheless, he did write it. And he wrote it with this intention. Why? I speak, however, of those who know me well. I am not addressing myself to an unknown audience, rather to people who are who know me intimately. This is each and every one of Anash, of Anshishlemenu, of the Hasidim of our country, in other words, Russia, and those countries nearby. With whom affectionate words were often exchanged in private audiences. And these are people who have revealed to me all that is hidden in the recesses of their heart and their mind in matters related to the service of Hashem which is dependent on the heart. The path to discover your own personal spirituality 
the road to develop a personal relationship with Hashem. The journey towards being at home with your own soul is not an easy one. It is rather a winding, tedious, and steep road filled with many, many obstacles along the way. And an essential element of the Rebbe's function was to advise and guide these people in their spiritual development. So the Alter Rebbe says, Aleyim, to them, to these people. Ti My words shall seep through, and my tongue shall take the form of a scribe's pen. In these pamphlets entitled Lekutei Amare, a compilation of teachings. Compiled from books and teachers, heavenly saints. Who are well known to us. Some of these teachings. Nirmazin lachakimin. Beigres hakaydish mirabeseinu. Shebartseinu agdeshe tibane vesikain mimheire biameinu ame. Some of these teachings the wise will find alluded to in the sacred letters of our teachers in the Holy Land. Uktsasam shamati mi piema kadesh. Biyaisem paimanu. Some of these teachings I heard from their saintly mouth when they were here with us before they moved to Eretzisro. Because as mentioned in our first class when we discussed the life and times of the Alter Rebbe, we spoke about some of the senior disciples of the Magad of Mizrich, colleagues and teachers of the Alter Rebbe, moving and making Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, especially Reb Mendel Vitipske, Reb Menachem Mendel, also known as Reb Mendel of Haradak, as well as Rabbi Avraham Kaliske. So the Alter Rebbe says that these pamphlets, Lekutaya Marim, which he has written, are compiled from Svarim and Seifrim, from books and teachers we discussed in the first class, who he is specifically referring to, as well as on the teachings which he has heard from these colleagues and teachers, which are now in Eretz Yisrael, both through the letters that they have sent him, and they have sent the Hasidim in the diaspora, as well as some of the teachings which he has heard from them when they were still presently residing here in Russia and Lithuania and the cities nearby. The Kulam and all of these teachings, all of these pamphlets, and Chuvaisal Shailis Rabbis are answers to many questions. The questions which are posed continuously by a Nash of our country seeking advice, call Echad Lefiarka, each according to his stature. Lashis eight says Benavsham Bavaidas Hashem as to receive guidance for themselves in the service of Hashem. Liyais, because, ki ein azman grama oid lahashiv l'chal echad v'echad, al shalaseh b'pratos, time no longer permits me to reply to everyone, individually on his particular query, in the beginning, 
when the numbers of Hasidim was not so large, the possibility existed for everyone to go in and converse with the Rebbe privately and intimately. But when the community of Hasidim accelerated to very large numbers, the Alter Rebbe could no longer devote to every individual the time required to talk and speak with him individually. Vigam, in addition to this, hashikha metsuya, forgetfulness is common. Alkein, therefore, rashamti kal hachuvois al kal hashailois. I have recorded all the replies to all the questions. Lemishmeres laois, to be preserved as a sign. Liyais lechal echad veechad lezikarin beinenov. To serve as a reminder in everyone's mind. So no longer will one need to press for a private audience. For in these Likute Amarim in the Tanya, one will find tranquility for his soul. The eights on the chayna lechal davar hakashay love ba'avaydas Hashem, and he will find true counsel on everything that he finds difficult in the service of Hashem. The nachon yiel libay batuach ba'Hashem goimer ba'adenu. Thus, his heart will be firmly secure in Hashem, who completes and perfects everything for us. We try what we can do. We maximize our potentials, our resources, our energies, and our kaiches. But ultimately, Hashem completes it for us. Hashem aids and guides every individual through the tedious path of life, through the journey of connecting with spirituality, of getting in contact with your own soul, of creating a personal relationship with Hashem. Hashem completes the work for us. It would thus seem... The Netanya is basically a compilation of replies to questions which have been presented to the author over the course of many years. From what he's saying here, it would appear that Dr. Eber wrote down the answers to the various questions he received over a long span of time from many of persons, from many different chassidim. But anyone who even scans through the 53 chapters of the Tanya, will immediately observe that this is not the case. It doesn't even seem as a book of answers at all. It is rather built in the model of a systemized classical book, written in an organized manner, developing the ideas in a highly intellectual, evolutionary fashion. Not apparently as answers to questions, which are usually characterized by their being somewhat less systematic and evolutionary. Says the Alter Rebbe, that despite this perceived structure, his seifet is nonetheless essentially a seifet of chuvois, of personal responses to personal dilemmas. And this means that the Tanya essentially possesses a dual structure, an outer one and an inner one. You see, many books of Musa, of ethics and spiritual growth, deal with particular problems and questions in life, discussing the various ways and methods through which man can solve these problems, 
and achieve certain goals in specific areas of his life. In such type of discussion and analysis, there is of course a major advantage because it addresses particular definitive articulate questions that the human being asks himself. And therefore the responses and answers to these questions are also defined, articulate and clear. But together with this advantage, this also creates a major limitation. Because the discussion is limited to those particular problems which the Sefer is dealing with. Hence, the solutions of the Sefer are also applicable and relevant only to specific people. So a person could stand and behold such a book, can be impressed from the book, and realize that it is actually a great, deep, and profound creation. But nevertheless, as a book of ethics, as a book of spiritual self-help, it will not talk to him. His feeling might be that it does not contain the proper, accurate answer to his problems, to his distinct personality and his situation at that time. The Tanyin's dark contrast does not focus primarily on specific, isolated problems, but rather attempts, interestingly, to uncover the root of the issues, to trace man's myriads of problems and struggles back to their core. The Altarebbe teaches us not to deal with the problems only as isolated problems, bruises, and occurrences, but rather to discover their quintessential origin. The Tanya is in search of the deepest elements of man's consciousness. It deals with the first and primary causes of life's struggles, and the guidance in the Tanya directs man to see the millions and millions of nuanced dilemmas, doubts, impulses as manifestations of an essential problem, the conflict between the good and evil in his soul. With contained passion, graceful prose, and stunning depth, the author describes the life of man as a battlefield between good and evil, between the impulses drawing his soul downwards and the ambition to soar upwards. The chapters of the book which evolve from one another and are intertwined with each other grant the reader an x-ray of his soul and allow him to recognize the inner face of his consciousness to discover the essential duality by which his consciousness is dichotomized, to understand the forces at work, the methods of the battle, and its myriads upon myriads of implications. For this reason, the Alter Rebbe did not write a book of definitive answers responding to definitive questions. The advantage in that would have been that it would contain clear-cut answers to clear-cut questions. But that would have made it accessible only to few, those few confronted with these particular issues. Therefore, he did it differently. He wrote a systematic book, very well-developed and organized, addressing the whole panorama of man's life from its deepest dimensions to its most external manifestations and projections. Thus including in it the totality of the human experience, 
presenting a message relevant to all of the people at every moment of their life. And this, I think, is the meaning in his words, Al-Kain Rashamti, Kol HaTshuvais Al-Kol HaShailas. I've recorded in this book all the answers to all the questions. How can you say such a thing? How can you say that you recorded in this Sefer all the responses to all the questions? There are so many individuals, as the Alter Rebbe so adequately described in the first part of introduction. And every individual, everyone look at your own soul. You know what's going on in your soul. There's a whole world, there's a whole universe with so many nuances and complexities and details. And everyone has their questions and questions that come up constantly that touch us and are relevant to us. And he says that in this Tanya, he has because if he indeed would have written a definitive work of particular questions and specific answers, that limitation would exist. But the Altu Rebbe attempts to go back to the quintessence, to go back to the root, to go back to the core, to the heart of our dilemmas and struggles, where he sees ultimately at the root of all problems, of all depressions, of all melancholiness, of all letdowns, of all failures, this quintessential dichotomy and multiplicity between that element in us, which is mundane, egotistical, physical, earthly, and selfish, and that element in us, which imbues us with a sense of transcendence, idealism, selflessness, godliness, spirituality, ecstasy, and that need to go beyond the earthly shackles that constrain us and touch the divine. But together with this, the the author is saying that this is not a book of abstractions. It's not a book which consists of a theoretical spiritual doctrine. It's not a book of thought which a man authors as an outgrowth of his own consciousness, as an expression in many ways of his own self. But rather this is a very personal book. A safer which is essentially a book of answers, sensitive answers to sensitive questions. The book might be structured as an abstract, systematic manifesto. The book might possess that classical, all-encompassing structure built on certain philosophical axioms and foundations. But that is only an outer external structure, covering up a deeper system, where this Sefer is very personal and intimate, where it serves as a personal guide to individual dilemmas. The book, he is saying, possesses the power of Yechidus. Yechidus is the term describing the private audience. He is describing over here which existed between the Rebbe and the Chassid. When you visited the Rebbe, when you went into the Rebbe's room, the power in that audience, the power in that Yechidus, was not that the Rebbe conveyed to you his general view of life, his general shita and philosophy about life. The power of Yechidus was that you asked the Rebbe your own questions, and the Rebbe responded to you, to your soul, to your heart, to your individuality, there was a spiritual intimacy that existed in the Yechidus. It was my questions that the Rebbe addressed. The Tanya that the Rebbe is saying contains that energy. The Tanya, he says, is an exchange of that spiritual intimacy experienced by Yechidus. 
This is a Sefer which responds to the reader more than it projects the author. That is its power. Yes, due to its general structure, the questions are not always so clear. It's not like you hit this, you go in, you tell, you relate to the Rebbe your questions, your dilemmas, your problems, and he responds. Due to it's a, it's a book, it's a general structure, the answer, the questions are not so clear, and the answers are not always so vivid. There is a need to search till one finds that connection, that path from the written idea to his personal dilemmas. But the unique strength of the Sefer lay in the fact that it is not an author's presentation about life. Rather, it's a response to people's quests. The Tanya is not just a book. It's a live conversation of the author with living human beings. Through the Tanya, one can experience that spiritual intimacy with Dr. Rebbe. You're not just reading what he has to say. Rather, he is answering your questions. The fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, put it thus, in one of his talks, he says, to learn Tanya is to converse with Alter Rebbe. To converse with Rav Shnei And Alter Rebbe continues, He whose mind is too limited to understand how to derive Advice from these pamphlets. Let him discuss his problem with the foremost scholars of his town. And they will enlighten him. If the book would have been written in a form of questions and answers, it might have been easier for a particular individual to extract from it the specific advice he needs at a particular situation. But in this case, again, it would be necessary to discuss the details of the problems, which would make the answers relevant to an exclusive few, as explained above. In order for it to be relevant and applicable to various of people in a many of conditions, the Sefer is edited in a different fashion, where the structure of the book consists of general ideas and insights about life's issues. The questions remain as they are in the reader's heart. Personal questions from individuals who are learning and reading the Tanya in their specific time, space, and condition. Hence, the journey from the personal question to the written response the reader must make on his own. And this is often difficult. Not everyone can find that connection. How is the Alter Rebbe's message relating to the question burning at me at this moment, burning in me at this moment? This is not an essential problem. The answer is in the book. It's a literary one. In extracting the specific answer from within the encompassing structure. So to overcome this difficulty, the author suggests that the reader bring forth the issues to the senior scholars and sensitive men in his community. The They will guide him and help him in finding the method of conversing with Dal-Terebbe through the Tanya. Of these scholars I request, they not lay their hand upon their mouth. To conduct themselves with false modesty and humility. In placed modesty, when you can offer 
spiritual help to another person, when you can offer information, healing information to another individual, and in the name of humility, you put your hand on your mouth, you say, no, I don't have what to tell you, I don't know, I don't understand, I don't feel, that he defines as another shosheker. It's false humility. It's well known how bitter the punishment of him who withholds food, him who withholds spiritual nourishment from him who seeks it, the Goidel Haschar, as well as the great reward granted to one who does provide such knowledge. We know this, from the statement of our sages of Chazal, on the Pasuk, which says in Mishlei Chavtes, Meir Eine Shneim Hashem. The verse reads, Rosh Ve'ishtachachim Nifgeshu, Meir Eine Shneim Hashem. The pauper and the wealthy man meet, Hashem enlightens the eyes of them both. And the Gemara, in Mesichta Tmura Daftazayin, applies this to a pauper in Torah knowledge, and to one who is healthy in Torah. When they meet, and the wealthy one teaches the pauper, Hashem enlightens the eyes of both of them with a light that transcends them both. Hashem Hashem will cause His face to shine upon them with the light of the countenance of the King which provides life. May He who provides life, the Alter Rebbe concludes, May He grant us the privilege of living to see the days, liyamim, to see the days, those days concerning which the prophet Yirmiyahu tells us in Perek Lamed Aleph that no longer will one man teach another to know me, for they will all know me from the smallest to the greatest. Kikulam because for as Yeshayahu puts it in Pasperikid Aleph, at that time at the Messianic era, the knowledge of Hashem will fill the earth as the waters fill the sea. Amen, Kenyahiratsain, Amen, may this be his will. Now the Altarebbe concludes safer, the actual printing and publishing of the book, as well as the copyright. Now, as the aforementioned pamphlets have been distributed among all of the Anash mentioned above, by means of numerous transcriptions at the hands of sundry and diverse copyists, because as mentioned in the first class when we discussed Part of the history of the writing and publication of the Tanya, we know that Alter Rebbe didn't write a book and immediately gave it to be published in printing press, in a printing press. Rather, first it was distributed as kuntresim, as pamphlets in a manuscript form, which were copied. One manuscript was copied from another manuscript, and thus the Tanya became public among the Hasidim and among many other Jews. So he says, the multitude of transcriptions through this multitude. These, this multitude of hatakis, of copying, of transcriptions has given rise to an exceeding great number of textual errors. 
Therefore, the spirit of noble men mentioned on the previous on the previous page has generously moved them to make a personal and financial effort. To have these pamphlets published, cleared of all dross and copyist errors, and thoroughly checked. I congratulate. I congratulate them. I tell them on this worthy deed that they have done. And over here, he is referring to the printers, to those who printed the Tanya. Which I mentioned that he says on the previous page. On the previous page, before the introduction, there are printed the approbations, the haskamais that Al-Turebbe received for the Tanya prior to publishing the Tanya. He received approbations from two individuals, colleagues, students of the Maggot of Mizritch, Rabbi Yehuda Leib Hakayan, and Reb of Anipali. And in the approbation of Reb of Anipali, he mentions the two partners who have actually brought and pub- brought the Tanya to print and have published it. And those are Reb Shalim Shachna, who was the son-in-law of the author. He was the father of Reb Menachem Mendel, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. Reb Shalim Shachna married the daughter of the Alter Rebbe, Rebbe Tzintvayda the second printer's name was Reb Mardechai Gorowitz, who was the printer of Shklov. And now the Alter Rebbe continues and concludes concerning the copyright of these publishers. Inasmuch as the verse in Sefer Dvarim Pedek Chavzayin states explicitly, Cursed be he who encroaches on his fellow's border. And our sages tell us that va'arur by klala by nidui chas v'shalom where the expression in Torah arur is used, where the expression cursed is used, it implies both damnation and excommunication. May God preserve us. The Gemara tells us this in Shvua Yistaflamidvav. Therefore, the Alter Rebbe says it's actually superfluous to add any further prohibition on violating the copyright of the publishers, because the Pasuk already tells us, But nevertheless, al therefore, I come only as a mere practice in Yehuda to reinforce an explicit scriptural statement. The Gemara in Kiddushin and other places, whenever there is something which the Pasuk, which the Titus tells us clearly, we now allow to do. And then we also bring a reinforcement to that by saying that in Yehuda, in the Judean part of Eretz Yisrael, this was the conduct. So the Gemara says, Yehuda v'ayd l'kra. It's already a Pasuk, so you have to reinforce it with a mere practice that was practiced in Judea. So the Al-Tarebbe is saying, yeah, Indeed, the idea that you're not allowed to uh, violate the copyright of the publishers is a clear pasuk. But I'm coming only as a Yehuda v'ayid l'kra, as if to reinforce the words as a mere practice in Yehuda, l'mishdi gudir rabal kalamatvisim, invoking a strict prohibition on all publishers. Shalai lahatvis kuntresim hanal loyalde atzman v'loyalde gira delohein, not to publish. And print these pamphlets either themselves or through their agents, built it a shushanakuvamanal without the permission of the above named partners, for a period of five years from the day that this printing is completed. The printing was completed 
in the year 1796, 200 years ago actually, May it be pleasant for those who comply, and may they be blessed with good. These are the words of the compiler of the aforementioned Lekutei Amarim. With his great and profound humility, the Al-Turebbe terms himself merely as a compiler, as a malakit, as a person who assembled together ideas from different teachers and different books. And that's how actually he calls the Sefer, Lekutei Amarim, a compilation of teachings. These above-mentioned words, which are actually the introduction of the foundational classic of the Al-Turebbe, the Tanya, these words, he says, are the divrei hamalakit, are the words of the compiler of this Lakutei Amar. And now, the Al-Turebbe begins with the first chapter of the Tanya, which we will embark on learning, God willing, next week. Have a wonderful week. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.